This is the Red Culture Leadership Podcast, episode number 14. And on this episode, we are talking about leading volunteer teams with Brandon Beatman. I'm Jake Johnson, and here at the Red Culture Leadership Podcast, we are on a mission to equip and encourage leaders in student ministry. Today, we have special guest, Pastor Brandon Beeman, to start our interview. Hey guys, I have special guest Brandon Beeman with us this week, and uh, he is a brand new church planner here yeah. in Iowa. Uh, started a church called Hilltop Church in Jordan Creek Mall is where you guys are. Yeah, right? yeah, it's fun. Awesome, man. So kind of maybe to start out, just give us a little bit of a, an explanation of what got you to where you are today. Yeah, so I started out in ministry in Rockford, Illinois, at a church called City First Church. Uh, used to be called Rockford First. They, they keep changing the name, so I keep having to change my resume. But uh, got to do a lot of youth ministry there. Started out as a, a youth pastor was my goal. Yeah. to be. Uh, got to be a part of a youth group of 1,200 kids uh, in high school, and it was a lot, a lot of fun. I met my wife through that. Uh, then we became young adult pastors and helped actually uh, Jesse Newman plant Eternity Church uh, back when it was Jordan Creek Family Church, and so that was a, a fun ride. Learned all about church planting through that, uh, and then just knew that God was calling my wife and I to plant a church in the western suburbs of Des Moines. Didn't know when that was going to be, but we prayed and really believed that uh, God was going to do something huge, and and then now here we are, and uh, he's just moving every single Sunday. That's great, man. Kind of full circle, too, with the Jordan Creek Family Church. I know, I know. (laughs) Back, Back at the mall, actually the only reason we can meet in the theater was because I was a pastor with Jesse, and we met. Oh, the wow. They didn't want any more churches there, but the the general manager remembered me, and he was like, you know what, I'll vouch for you. And so That's awesome. they cut us a great deal, and we, we love being there right in the middle of the marketplace. That's really cool. So we kind of prepped some questions for yeah. you ahead of time, and we'll just dive right into those. Um, so stepping into this lead role now, uh, what are some of the challenges that you have faced? Yeah, so uh, I think vision is really important. So raising up a team that understands culture. So church planting is kind of hard because you're starting from scratch. There's no previous culture. There's a bunch of people that have culture from different churches and different experiences, and they're bringing that to the table. But we're trying to get them to understand this is Hilltop's culture and setting that's really important. So we repeat culture all the time. We repeat the same statements constantly. Uh, I heard it said once, when people think you're annoying for repeating the same thing over and over again, then they're finally about to get it. And so we just repeat the mission and vision statement. We repeat our values all the time. And so that's been a really key part uh, that's been hard for me because I, I don't like repeating myself, and, but it's so necessary. And we've seen it happen where now our team is speaking the same language that we do. That's so that's great. been really so cool. creating that culture and unifying people, that's yeah. really good. Um, so when it comes to that team building process, what were some of the things that you looked for in individuals? Because obviously... You don't just want a warm body. Yeah. Uh, So I heard it said once, uh, a pastor, I think it was Bill Johnson, said, I don't care about your vision until you care about mine. And I always thought that was really harsh. And then I became a lead pastor. And I was like, no, that's actually really true. And so people that really want to carry the vision of the church or the ministry is really important. And they don't come with their own vision, but they really want to carry the vision of the overall ministry is really important. Uh, Servant-hearted is huge. Uh, I believe that 
we should be servants first and foremost, and that we're here to serve every single person that comes into our ministry. Uh, Being more concerned with we than me is really, really important. I say that all the time to our team, that it's about us as a team. It's not about you. And uh, my wife says this statement so much, it annoys me. But she says, it's not about me and it's not about now. And uh, she reminds me of that when I'm having a bad day. She's like, it's not about you and it's not about now. And I was like, oh, Okay, yep. I'm gonna. I'll be better at that. Uh, and then, one of the key things for us is that you have a hunger for more of Jesus. And if you don't, then I don't want you to be on a leadership team yet. I want you to just be a part of the church, serve. But to be a leader, you have to be following Jesus, yep. and you have to want more of Him all the time. And it can't be this. Um, we're dragging you along. It needs to be you're running right alongside of us. That's good. So. I know this isn't one of the prep questions, but as you were kind of explaining all that, it came to my mind, where did you look for leaders? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. uh, we can have these all these great ideas of like, this is what we want yeah. our leaders to look like, but sometimes, especially our smaller churches, they, they might be, yeah. you know, searching far and wide just to find one leader for their youth yeah. group. So obviously you just church planted, yeah. so you had to find leaders. Yep. So what was kind of that process you went through? Uh, church planting is kind of like being a used car salesman. You are <laughs> like constantly pitching to people uh, your vision and mission. And so we did a really strategic thing of not putting a leadership team in place. We actually did right away, and that was a big mistake. And I okay. had to say, hey, let's, let's slow it down a little bit because let's build culture. And it gives you time to see who's a leader and who's not. Mm. Uh, the biggest advice I could give is don't put leaders in place just because they may be the most outspoken. They may be the most talented. They be mm. the most um, obvious choice. Some of the greatest leaders of our church, I was talking to my wife about this, are the people that just are servant-hearted and the people that our leadership team is people I would never have expected would be on it. Uh, But they're the people that understand the culture, they love people, they just want to serve, and that they're there just to see the church advance. Uh, And so I would say, look for the people that you might not expect, but are the people that really want to just to be an armor bearer and carry the vision. That's really good. Yeah, because sometimes I think... um, we want to go for maybe the most quote-unquote talented people. Yeah. It, but those people a lot of times have strong personalities. Yes, they and do. like they want to be leaders themselves. Yep. And not that that's wrong, but like sometimes that clashes with the vision that you want to present. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So that, this kind of ties into it. What are some of the processes you went through with your leadership yeah. team? So obviously you said you started off right away, but yeah. that changed for you. Yeah, so we, we waited until about, I would say, two months before we launched services to put our actual, what we call our serve team leaders in place. Uh, We don't call them our lead team or anything like that because I really wanted them to know that we're here to serve. Uh, So what I did was we started to meet in my house. Uh, I think that was really, really key for my wife and I. We came from uh, a very large church. I mean, City First Church is about 4,000 people. And the pastor had the entire staff over at his house Mm -hmm. once a week for what he called family night. And uh, we don't do every single week. We do every (laughs) other week. But we have the lead team over, and it lets them have a chance to... Uh, talk about what's going on in the church. It lets me cast vision uh, a little bit more than I can on Sunday mornings. So that was really key. A lot of vision talks. Uh, I think we bring up vision more than anything else and really keep that on the forefront of their minds. Uh, proximity, I believe, creates relationships and it also creates passion. So I try to take all of the guys at least out uh, every other week or every week for some of them just so that they can be around me and I can get to know them better because I want to care about what they care about, not just them caring about 
me and the church all the time. And I really think that creates passion for them. So proximity is really, really important. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Um, so now being in this lead role, what are some of the suggestions you would make for someone in a support staff position? Okay. So basically speaking to um, volunteers. So, you know, obviously you came from a yeah. position of working under people. Yeah. But what are you, what would you say to people who are under leadership? How can they best serve their leader? Yeah. So I, this was uh, one of my favorite questions that you sent me because now being in a lead role, um, it's, it really has been eye opening to me of who I was when I was not in a lead role Mm -hmm. and what I could have done differently. And so this is all from experience, but understanding that uh, you don't know everything that's going on. And just to trust your leadership is really, really important. Uh, God has put your leader there for a reason and that you can trust them. And so, uh, man, our lead pastor would make some decisions in Rockford and I was like, why would he do that? And I would like get upset. And then now being in a lead role, I'm like, you know what? I probably didn't understand the full scope of what was going on and why that decision was made. So I think that's really important. Uh, Help lighten the load. Uh, Being an armor bearer is a biblical principle. So asking, what can I do to help you carry this vision? What can I take off your plate is a really, really important thing, especially for youth pastors. Youth pastors have so much going on. You're wanting to love on kids. You're trying to write sermons. You're trying to also develop just a leadership structure. And then you're always planning like months in advance. And so being able to have a a leadership team under you and a volunteer group that says, hey, what can I do? I think is really, really important. And then pray for them daily. I think is is huge because especially I know from being a youth pastor, uh, people might not know everything that you carry and the the weight of, man, I know this kid is going through depression right now and is having suicidal thoughts. I know this kid is really struggling with addiction and and you take that on and that burden. And so I think prayer is a huge thing because ministry can be lonely sometimes. And I think in prayer, uh, we may not know what's happening as as pastors, but we definitely can feel it in the spirit. Yeah, one of the my wife and I we serve on a volunteer role at a youth group here in Des Moines, and yeah. one of the things that really stuck out to me, we had our meeting, one of the first meetings we were involved with, and the youth pastor talked about how he's having to deal with parent conflict. Yeah, and how he was saying, you know, I don't want this to become your guys's issue. I want yeah. this to be you know, something I deal with. Yeah. And like you said, you just never know what they're going through or yeah. what they're having to deal with at the time. Because here I am just sitting here thinking, oh yeah, everything is good, where yeah. he might have be having to deal with angry parents about something, yeah. you know, very good. So our last question for you is, what are some ways you've tried to inspire volunteers to feel ownership of your ministry? Because yeah. obviously casting vision But ownership is so important for people to buy into what you want to do. Yeah, I love that word ownership that you said that because we don't have membership at our church. We have ownership. And the reason we have that is because uh, country clubs have members and country clubs, it's all about what can I get out of this? And ownership is all about what can I do for other people and how can I own the vision and mission? So we do, I don't believe in micromanaging. Uh, What I want to do is I want to raise up leaders that raise up leaders. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing right now is say we have our red carpet ministry, which is all of our greeting and all of that, they fully understand those serve team leaders over those positions, what a win is, what's expected, what we want a Sunday morning to look like and how that applies to our vision and mission. But I tell them, run with it. Like do, make it the best you can because I'm not perfect and what I think will work might not work all the time. And I really help them to feel ownership over that. We had one of our serve team leaders, she's awesome. Her name's Kaylee. 
and she looked on Disney's website and got mm-hmm. Disney's like customer service guide oh, and wow. how they do things and the training. And she's like, can I implement some of this stuff? And I was like, absolutely do that because then they're raising up leaders. And we always talk about replacing yourselves. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the hit by the bus, um, like kind of analogy in the way uh, churches operate. I can't remember if it was Ed Young that did it, but the way we're doing it is in a few months from now, we're going to say, okay, um, Caleb like runs our lighting setup and everything. Okay, Caleb, you were hit by a bus. That means mm. you need to call somebody that you've raised up that has to run and set up lights by themselves on that Sunday. Uh, I joked around with some of the leaders and I said, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to say, I was hit by a bus and I'm just going to hand you my notes nice. and you have to preach it. And I said, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But that's that kind of concept of always raising people up yeah. is really big. And that, that creates ownership. For sure. And it, it helps develop leadership skills in those guys, too. Yeah. That they're constantly looking um, to raise up leaders under yeah. them as well. I love it. Yeah, one of the things that, just in my own personal, like, trying to grow is this concept of, you know, who am I discipling right now? Yeah. How am I investing in other people? And just this idea of language and vision are important. Yeah. You know, we kind of think of it as, okay, yeah, this leadership terms. But no, like, the culture we create is built by the language that we yep. speak and what are we what are we casting vision for? You yeah. know, and I believe I was reading some type of leadership book just recently, and it was talking about how the people that you allow to be leaders also create culture. Yeah, which is a good point. Yeah, you know the fact that we don't want just warm bodies, but we want people on board. Yeah, because people who aren't on board and they are in leadership positions. They're still going to create culture, yeah. just not maybe the culture you want to create. Yeah, you need the right pe- I think it's the right people on the bus is the, and Robert Ketterling uses okay. that language of making sure that you're not just filling the bus, but you have the right people yeah. on the bus. Uh, I think that's the hardest thing is, is really recognizing and letting God grow your leadership in terms of being like, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to put people in place and you're like, oh, that was not probably the greatest situation for them or for the ministry and then you have to adapt and be like hey let's I think your time and your talents would be best used over here yeah Uh, which is really good so that's why with our serve teams we do seasons Uh, and I stole this from Boo Church so this is not like our thing but we have three seasons a year and then we take a month off in between each season and so where our life groups are in a three-month process and we have a month off in between and what we do with that is we talk about okay what went well that season yeah what didn't go well like right now we have a service order for this first season and we're going to talk about okay did that work did it not work do people like it do they not like it um and then we we assess those things and but we also assess our serve teams so if you were on this serve team for a season and you let it but clearly this is not your gift set and and you thought it was and but it's just not working out, then it allows us to be like, okay, let's redirect. Maybe I've seen you better at admin. Let's have you Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, And I think that's really, really important. So setting up expectations of kind of like a trial period is is really important. No, that's really good. I've never even thought about something like that. But that allows you to kind of stop for a second and assess. And like one of the things that I've seen constantly in ministry is we get so, you know, wrapped up in the week to week that we forget to just stop breathe and look at, okay, is this working? You know, and that's a great way to just kind of implement that to make sure, okay, are we doing what we're doing and are we doing it effectively, I guess. And our serve team leaders email us um, every, every Monday or Sunday. I hope I try to get them to do it Sunday afternoon, but uh, they email us and they say, Hey, what went well? What was wins? And I hope the wins column is a lot longer than the, what we need to fix column. But we, we assess on that weekly basis as well. So if there's anything that we need to tweak, 
we do like our whole lobby setup we just changed completely because we were in the front of the movie theater and if you've been out to Jordan Creek it's just this massive lobby yeah so our stuff was kind of getting lost in the mix of okay. all of this so we put it and we have our own lobby now in a hallway that we rent out so it's completely yes. ours and it's great but uh, tweaking things as you go I think is important but as far as putting people in the right place I think doing the seasons model has allowed us to be like okay maybe you'd be better served in this role. Yeah. So awesome, man. Well, Brandon, thanks yeah. for taking the time to come and share with us. Uh, and I just want to give you an opportunity. If you want to give a shout out, uh, your service times where people can kind of look up information if they're interested yeah. in checking Hilltop out. Yeah. So we're at Jordan Creek town center at century theaters. We have the whole, well, if you're walking in the left side, uh, we're in theater 10 at nine thirty AM. We start promptly. Uh, you can plan on an hour service hour and 10 minutes is the kind of the max. I know, I like to know what I'm getting into before I yeah. go somewhere. Uh, and then we have coffee and tea and everything. We hang out afterwards, but would love to see you there. Awesome. Thanks again, Brandon. Yeah. On behalf of everyone on the Red Culture team, we hope you enjoyed episode 14, Volunteer Leadership with Pastor Brandon Beeman.